Borak Dongerthlitz. My name is Conrad Lundsett, my friend Fox, and this is the 73rd episode of Space Spinner 2000. <laughs> A podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This week, we're taking a break from our usual progs to cover the 2080 annual 1982. Oh, joy. As always, the annuals are dated for the year after they come out in. This is the fifth 2080 annual, and it's an exciting one because it's the first one where we'll no longer have to deal with ridiculous legacy comics, and instead we'll have classic 2080 thrills. This is a massive addition to all yeah. other things. <laughs> it's true. Also, increasingly, these annuals are starting to feature mainline 2080 talent, um, as well as interesting like one-shot stories by sort of up-and-comers, basically. Um, though features and short fiction do remain a um, a trouble and a pox upon your friendly recappers. Oh. Hey, uh, Conrad, remember that one time that we gave the written story about Blackhawk the top spot? Yeah, me neither. I we, we gave a written story about ABC Warriors a top spot once, or I did, but not Blackhawk, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so this annual is cheaper than the shorter Dread annual at a pound ninety-five, um, possibly based on demand for the uh, Dread annual. The cover features Tharg, Dread, Johnny Alpha, and Blackhawk in a cool uh, group photo by Brian Bolland. And the table of contents features a Robin Smith version of Johnny Alpha. I say boo to Nanascara Johnny Alphas. Yeah, it doesn't look right, man. Yeah. Also, before this one starts, I want to mention that friends of the show, uh, Paul Moore and Eamon Clark, talked about this annual on episode 22 of the Mega City Book Club. They've got oh, some interesting perspective. Yeah, they've got some in- in- interesting <clears throat> perspectives of folks who were sort of reading 2000 AD when it actually came out <laughs> at the time and stuff. Wow. You know. All right. I got to listen to that. Yeah. They received it for Christmas. I think at, at least one of those guys did. So, you know, it's worth a look. For sure. Yeah. But let's get into it ourselves with Through One, Tharg the Mighty. Uh. Art Robot Robin Smith, Letting Robot Tom Frame. So, <laughs> Tharg and Bert, they're sailing the photon currents in a sweet sailing ship. Space sailing ship. Dope. Yeah. When suddenly they encounter a photon whirp- whirlpool. The ship breaks apart, but Tharg is able to convert a part of the hull into a cosmic surfboard. Then great, I guess that just works. The two of them hang ten through the whirlpool and follow it to its origin, the planet of Zrag. Tharg turns his powers on the dictators of Zrag and their mother, the Hag of Zrag, catching them in their own whirlpool as Tharg and his assistants sail off into the sunset. Hooray! Yeah, look, it was a Tharg comic. It's fine. Next up... (laughs) Secrets of the Command Module and Blackhawk. Oh man, I call total fooey on this. <laughs> <clears throat> this is not, I don't know. It was like in the earlier progs, but... We've definitely seen versions of this thing before. Well, it yeah. doesn't have like uh, the editor's super awesome room, Mm-mm. remember? There was a bunch yeah. of like other cool stuff, like there was like a oh, hollow yeah. Things. Yeah, this is a much lower level version of it for sure. Yeah, it's a schematic yeah. drawing of King's Reach Tower in the 2080 offices. Oh, we've seen yeah, we've seen this thing before. This time the picture is in color, which I guess is a change, but it's nothing that we haven't seen in these, one of these uh, layouts before. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's all right. 
Yeah. Next up, there's a short story about Blackhawk. The only Blackhawk content in this annual, despite the Nubian Warrior being on the cover this year. And being talked about, like, pretty extensively later. Mm-hmm. This one features Beezlebub, the crab gladiator that I like from the actual story. <laughs> I like a crab dude. He ends up helping Blackhawk defeat an invisible enemy. Um, He's got cool powers. Yeah, he kind of got saltwater eyes that allow him to see the, invis- the invisible dude. Mm-hmm. So... Good job on the crab dude. I'm bummed by the lack of Ursa in this story, but crab yeah. dude is almost as good. It's like, it's all right. Yeah. Next up, Thrill 3, the pirate and the polydroid. Oh, this was adorable. Yeah. Uh, script robot Steve Parkhouse, art robot Ewan Smith, letting robot Tom Frame. So Parkhouse will go on to do both art and writing for 2000 AD. But uh, this is some of Ewan Smith's only work in, in 2008. I think, I think the only one in sort of mainline stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a madcap robo-tale about a space businessman being hijacked <laughs> by a space pirate with kind of a hair-neck-beard combo and a robot yes. parrot. Gross. Parrot's adorable, though. <laughs> totally, yeah. They take him down, and the pirate steals the man's treasure, a bunch of zilch nuggets, the rarest mineral in the four galaxies, and the favorite snack of the Robo Parrot. Oh, oh man, no. he's gobbling it up. The most expensive mineral is birds is a bird seed in this universe. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Great. Let me do that again. It's the most expensive bird seed in the universe. Beep beep beep. Because <laughs> it's a Robo Tail. Oh, that's right. Nailed it. Next up, it's. So oh. I'm just. Let me know when you want to talk about stuff, Fox. I'm blowing through these because there's like 19 thrills in this goddamn thing. It's okay. You just keep doing it. Not worth talking about. Next up, Thrill 4, the incredible world of TV games. Incredible world of a fucking, like, obvious ad. So uh, TV games, or console games as we call them nowadays, they're pretty great. Uh, circa 1981, this feature makes a big difference, makes a big deal of the difference between programmable and non-programmable games. With This is, so, like, computer games and, like, programmable games were, like, a lot larger in UK yeah. from what I know of history. Well, so it's like, like... Maybe it's a thing? Well, this, like, it's not programmable the way you think, right? They basically say non-programmable is a ROM-based game that are super basic, which is basically like a Pong game that can only be played with two with with two human players, basically. Right. Whereas programmable games use RAM, you know, uh, access memory, whatever, um, where you can play against a computer, which is basically just means sort of your launch Atari games and things things from going forward from there. Anyhow, if you're listening to this podcast, your mission is to call someone playing a PS4 or a Switch or a computer uh, that, that they're, they're playing computer games. I want Back. you to do that. I want you to do that like your mom calling your PlayStation a Nintendo. All right, that's your job for this week. <laughs> How are you enjoying your computer game? Your your TV game. Oh, TV Maybe. game. Yeah, maybe other people's moms didn't call their other call every video game a Nintendo. I don't know, but that's what mine oh, did. Oh, that was that's absolutely what mine did. Get off the <laughs> Nintendo classic. <laughs> absolutely. Anyhow, now we go to Thrill Five Robusters. Yay, Robusters! I guess speaking it's of Robusters advanced, coming. yeah, I guess maybe speaking of advanced electronics, let's go to Robusters. Anyhow. <laughs> 
all works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, script robot Alan Moore, art robot Steve Dillon, letter robot Tom Frame is an all-star creative team for Robusters. And, of course, our buddies Rojas and Hammerstein. That's what I'm talking about. And Maryland's there. Totally. Yeah, honestly, this one actually isn't like a super robusty Robuster story. It's kind of it's kind of intense. Yeah. Basically, in, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson and Natural Board Killers Lookalike backs the burner. Is is coming after uh, Miss Marilyn, his old girlfriend apparently, who is now the secretary of, of at the Robusters agency. Man, oh man, is he in love, and he's setting fires. He's got awesome flame powers, watch out! Now, of course, all the police are, like, dealing with this, and they're like, listen, man, you gotta send us in some more uh, Robusters, dog. You know, the, the fires that back start initially, the Robusters come out to help, and, Harold, and, and Howard Quartz is like, I can't send anybody else, we only got two robots back at the base, and they're both useless. And of course, it's, Robo- it's Rojas and Hammerstein. Ugh, they're so awesome. So it's just them and Marilyn when Bax shows up. They sort of do some escaping from the mutant, and Bax reveals that he was sort of in the hospital getting treatment, and uh, Marilyn, his nurse there, was nice to him, or at least, like, not crappy to him. (laughs) The the line isn't very thickly drawn on that. Yeah, so now he's in that stalky kind of love that superhero, that that supervillains love so much. Yeah, it's true. I've got firepowers, and I want to burn everything except you. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, they, the uh, Marilyn and the bots escape into the Robusters' fuel dump, and our buddies roll an oil drum at, at Bax, who flashes out at it and blows himself up at the last minute. <laughs> uh, and, like, everything coming to a conclusion while Rojas makes a joke, and Marilyn is crying. <laughs> yeah, M- Marilyn's like, like incredibly sad weeping and uh rojas makes like oh it was just an old flame joke it's like it's so fucking heartless like this it definitely i think you said it like it's just not a very robustery like robuster story it's just (laughs) weird because it doesn't it doesn't focus on the bots right it's about marilyn and her like uh and, and this dude and stuff it's sort of tangential, you know, anybody could have been in here, like, like, Dredd could have done this, maybe, if he, there was a situation where he, he wouldn't have a gun or something. Well, it kind of you know? reminds me of, like, the adventures of Rojas, right? All, like, the human... Yeah, no, it's, it's fine, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's on, like, course and stuff, it's, you know, it's just, maybe not the most robust, or, it, it, it's not like when they yes. saved, when they saved Geneva from an earthquake, you know, that was a very robust, robust story. You know, I may just be talking about this a lot because I'm trying to avoid seeing my weird uncle, <laughs> Mach 1. Well, first we gotta get to, uh, Thrill 7, Tharg's Mighty Puzzle Pieces, uh, Puzzle Pieces, Fact File, Walter the Robot, Dash Decent, The Praying Mantis, and 2000 AD's Amazing Readers. So first, thanks for putting that in my way, but Jesus also take a so we go to the puzzle puzzle section there's a cosmic chain word there's a dread spot the difference and there's a matchup of 2080 heroes and villains there you go those are your puzzles yeah next up there's a just just a brief one down of walter's tech technical specs and background (laughs) it's not actually a witten and walter talk but i like to torture a fox by using it torture is hard to say as walter (laughs) (laughs) Next up, oh, it's Dash Decent, man. Um, I why did they put this in? Unless like O'Neill's like super 
into this. It's just like I could see why? into it, or they just needed two pages. You know, there's you know there's the standard moderate space act space comedy action on one page, and then I thought this was kind of funny. Just there's an explanation yeah. of how the comic is made on the other page. It's supposed to be like a special effects expose, but it's like you know yeah, so you know Dash Decent is actually this alien in a suit. You know, <laughs> like Dash Decent gets shrunk down, so we had to build a twenty story tall evil Pong um, uh, animatronic to like do this thing. You know, I thought that was kind of sure and it's it's i just don't like dash decent man nah, like totally, I, yeah. I read it like every panel i'm just like all right all right <laughs> all right like every I mean, panel's a goddamn joke i mean as we always talk about with dash decent like it's got a very like um like oh we're being silly and kind of breaking the fourth wall or being self-aware kind of style you know yeah, yeah. which which works when you're actually funny but just sort of lampshades <laughs> you're not being funny when you aren't you know <laughs> oh god F you um, dash. Yeah, totally. So next up are uh, reprints of the uh, schematics of the praying mantis ship that the Robusters traveled sure. around in. I love the po- uh, the plague pod. That thing's dope. Yeah, I mean, the, this one brings back bad memories for me just because I remember when this thing was printed over the course of several weeks in the, in the progs. This is a reprint. And it was actually the the uh, the number of progs that, these, that this, these plans were published in was more progs than the actual ship itself appeared in <laughs> that is you know yeah i don't really remember seeing it because i think it appeared once when they when robusters first came to 2000 ad and then the next time it showed up was in uh, the fall and rise of Rojas and hammerstein which where it specifically uh destroyed and exploded you know god damn it oh yeah gold robots that was a dope comic those were the days buddy yeah. two years ago um Next up, there's a, 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 a set of article about cool Krilltro Thargos that Tharg is giving special notice to. Yeah. There's Mark Sheridan, an obsessive organizer and cataloger of 2080 stuff. Tony yeah. Luke, a maker of 2080 themed movies and films and stuff. Just in his backyard Good or whatever. Shot, yeah, totally. Good use of miniatures and stuff. Very awesome. And then a Damien and Aiden Hunter who saved their family from a house fire in awesome fashion and then were photographed by the local newspaper wearing the uh, special limited edition Judge Dredd t-shirt and button, which is pretty sweet. Damn, he's so dope. And great that job, kid, kiddos. Yeah, he got that Dredd shirt. He got that jean jacket with the Dredd button on it. Oh, man. That kid <laughs> is cool. Yeah, dude, you're the coolest <laughs> kid in England. Very true. And hey, speaking of cool kids in England, Fox. Oh, God. <laughs> Thrill 8. Mach 1. Uh, hey, Uncle Mach 1. <laughs> At least it's the early ones where it's just, oh, wait. Where it's oh, just damn. him being belligerently oh. murderous. I, Fox, I've got to say, I missed Thrill 6, Mach 1 first. But let's do them. <laughs> Let's do all the Mach 1 stuff together here because I'm an idiot. All right. Um. Dude, I, hey, dude, it's all good. That's what I figured we were going to do. It's going to be great. Let's talk about our weird computer friend. Yeah, so first up, there's Pat Mills and Robert Smith writing as Ari Wright with art robots Enio and Ian Kennedy with lettering by Bill Nuttall and Jack Potter. So, yeah, the man activated by CompuPuncture Hyperpower is back. <laughs> Go ahead. Say that five times fast. <laughs> we uh, we step back to Progs 1 and 2, where John Probe's adventures began. We see him get the hyperpower, then he super speed jump kicks through a door to take down some terrorists. 
And he's like, whoa, I took down like five guys just now. Totally. And then he thwarts their plan by taking over a plane in mid-flight before it can destroy London. But not before name-dropping a champion motorcycle. Sorry, a trident motorcycle. And almost going insane from the intense G-forces! Oh my god! (laughs) Which his hypercomputer companion sees him through and the crisis is averted Mach 1 damn I landed the plane and shit's good hey buddy gonna punch this guy in the face of the motorcycle cause I'm Mach 1 <laughs> dude that's like his cl- one of his most classic moves too just Definitely. as an aside before we jump into the ocean jump yeah. jump deep in these waters but damn like I love how he's crushed so many dudes with a motorcycle there's a lot of vehicle use in Mach 1, often branded vehicle use. That's sort of a an, an unmentioned thing about, about Mach 1, I'd say. I wonder why, I mean, I guess, like, an, a placement is a placement. And it probably wasn't ads, it's just no. not really like something. Yeah, I don't think it's an ad placement. I think it's just, um, like, I feel like there are kids that would be interested in this stuff, you know? That's true. Like, like there's a nerd kid that's really going to be cool if you really put in the make and model number of a car, of a certain car, or a certain motorcycle, or something. Mm-hmm. And then also, it could just be that like the writers interested in. It. I think in one of our earlier episodes, I talked about there was a there's like a a Nick Fury Agent of Shield thing <laughs> that's just. Yeah. Talking about like Nick's new Corvette, and it's pretty clear that like Jim Starenko just got a just got this Corvette too, and he wants to talk about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, next up, more Mach One script robot Nick Allen, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, lettering robot Tony Jacob. This is cl- the cool one where he does the the pipe shot. Yeah, and I'm excited to um, get some actual credits for these ones because we definitely didn't have credits in the opening when we started doing the show and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, a mysterious explosion destroys a NATO mini-battleship. Mach 1 investigates with hyper-power. <laughs> um, he finds the ship. It's crawling with Russian scuba troops in huge power suits. <laughs> he uh, Naturally, John Probe follows them back to their ship and then beats them up and destroys the ship because hyper-power is the greatest. Kids, I don't try this he, at home. <laughs> I love how he picks up the dude in the giant power suit and just throws him. <laughs> totally. It's Mach so great. Or when he's just on fire and running through an entire boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mach 1 is a party, dude. Especially these early ones. Which is yeah, like, man. Like, I got hyperpower. I solved the problem. Blah. <laughs> he really does. It was like, it was, uh, it was watching uh, or reading um, Bill Savage escapades and then suddenly jumping into Mach 1. It's like murder and then murder again. I mean, you know, that's... that's so- very much the theme of these things, as we'll see later. <laughs> They're real animals. Mm-hmm. Next up, oh, speaking of uh, real animals, Fox, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's Thrill 9, Judge Dredd. Sweet. So script robot is uh, John Wagner as Howard slash Tharg. Art robot by Brian Ball and letting robot Tom Frame. So, this story is the end product of the events we saw play out in Prague 183. Oh, uh, really? In episode 56, yeah, where we saw the uh, the John Howard robot write a live Dread script on the field of Wembley uh... Stadium. Yeah, and then he failed, and so Tharg had to come in and finish it off. That's why the uh, writers are listed as Howard slash Tharg, like Howard and Tharg wrote it. Genius. So, <laughs> there's terror at the alien zoo! <laughs> 
weird, creepy tentacle monster eating a person. That's right. Anyhow, a known jerk, Marvin Three Bods. Gets, gets, <laughs> He's a huge, like, dingus. I hate yeah. this guy. He gets kicked out of the zoo for harassing an alien bird and swears revenge. He buys a laser cutter at the hardware store and just Which, starts cutting uh, open alien cages. Yeah, like, not... Like, he's just like, nope, everyone deserves to die because no one's rude to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon there's just hordes of aliens running amok. Um, and Dred's called in. He fights a weird gorilla with, like, a beacon claws, sort of a, a, a proto-Hilamunga. <laughs> a bunch of space goblins that, like, copy whatever it is you do. Oh, it was great. Once he punches one, they all start punching each other. Definitely. And then he saves a kid that's stuck on top of a pillar being pursued by a big King Kong kind of guy. And that's where uh, Howard couldn't figure out how to end that story. And so uh, Tharg took over. Damn. Awesome. Tharg. It's a, it's a Cyclops giant ape and Tharg handcuffs, puts handcuffs through the middle of its nose and then handcuffs it to a flagpole. It's pretty awesome. Dude, that's great. From that vantage point, Tharg spots Three Bod and uh, chases him into the pen of a duck-billed Yabba-Dabba, a Diplodocus-type animal <laughs> that swallows the perp hole. Yeah, it's really great. It looks For- like a duck. Forcing Dread to pursue him deep into the monster's <laughs> gut and then wait for rescue. <laughs> Dude, yeah, just like he shoots him in the trachea. Or no, he turns on a flashlight in the trachea. Really cool shot, by the way. Yeah. Kicks him in the face, and they're just in stomach acid. Yeah, he's like, hey, dude, like, bring some, bring some, bring some, uh, Rolades or something. <laughs> bring some tums. <Yeah. laughs> Anyhow, um, so yeah, so Dread arrests him for t- a ton of crimes, and then laments <laughs> that the whole city is full of crazy citizens like this guy. Yeah. What the hell, man? It's Seriously. never going to be easier. Yep. You know, but hey, speaking of things that are incredibly difficult, Fox. <laughs> Thrill 10, Tharg's mighty 2080 crossword, and how to draw Judge Dredd. So the crossword isn't that difficult. Is cool. <laughs> it's a plain old crossword. Uh, lots of 2080 <laughs> questions created by Warren Jones of Newcastle, which like, way to do these guys' jobs for them, Warren. Come on. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, if you're a weird puzzler kid, I guess. Next up is one of my top things in this <laughs> annual, which is where Mick McMahon theoretically teaches you how to draw Judge Dredd in three oh, easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the steps are actually, like, it's like step one, draw Judge Dredd. Two, ink Judge Dredd. Three, fill and shade the drawing. <laughs> like, so it, how, how about the part what we want to learn how to draw Judge <laughs> in our drawings <laughs> like it'd be great if these were like steps like you know uh 12 through 12 through 14 of how to draw judge dread yeah i but as it is it's just completely ridiculous it's like all right step one you've drawn judge dread to a professional level <laughs> it's i i love it it's just so it's such a ridiculous thing where they were just like um like hey like we mick we need two pages draw judge dread <laughs> It's just as a dick he's like he just draws the i mean just draws judge dread and then he's like here he's like the what you need and the what you need is like you're gonna need a professional drafter set basically (laughs) yeah i'm like what is a uh what did he call it it's like a steel nib dip pen exactly yeah anytime is 
Anytime what? one of these um, drawing things say you need India ink, I'm immediately like, all right, you're way overestimating my thing as a kid, you know? Yeah. Anyhow. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get on to something awesome. Hey, man, it's Thrill 11 Flesh. Oh, baby, I missed you. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot uh, Roy, lettering robot Bill Nuttall. Yeah, man, I just did the uh, the Flesh collection, and so this is real fresh in my mind. It's real nice. So beautiful. I we love start, you. Yeah, totally. Man. We start with Prog 1 of Flesh, Cowboys on Dune Buggies, Roping and <laughs> Rag, and round, Rounding Up Styracosaurs as they come under attack by a herd of T-Rexes. Luckily, <laughs> Earl, Re- Earl Reagan's there to keep the herd safe. Even as some cowboys get eaten by giant crocodiles. They blow the head off one and keeps running around super awesomely. <laughs> and then they drive the dinos into the trance time base for butchering. Hell yeah, we're gonna make us some meat or my name's not Earl Reagan. All this stuff is just prog one. So much freaking happens in this one <laughs> in this one story. Dude, I like I just remember us talking about so he gets eaten by an alligator. That's fucking awesome. He blows the head off T Rex, but then runs around. That headless T Rex running around is low key, like one of the greatest things in Prog <laughs> One. Or oh it just it sets the tone so effectively. <laughs> oh God, you're just gonna turn these dinosaurs into meat. I'm so happy about this. Totally, because we get a, a second choice. one later. Yeah, but first we got to do. Thrill 12, Earthlet's Art Gallery, an Al Grant interview. <laughs> so, uh, first we got uh, some reader art. It's a mix of 2080 stuff and sort of random stuff. There's definitely tracing. Um, I always enjoy mashups like Tharg the VC or Strontium Frog. I'm always up for yeah. Strontium Frog, thought, Fox, Strontium I gotta say. Cool. Fighting Centaur while <laughs> fake as fuck. I like Centaurs, man. I can't help it. No, I knew you'd call that one out, so I didn't even write it down. I was like, Fox will handle that one. (laughs) (laughs) Centaurs are dope. There's also a a picture of Dread with like a Byzantine-style double eagle in the uh, logo. Oh. And, buddy, that ain't how we get down in the United States of America, even in the future. Single eagles only. This ain't no 40K. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Next, there's an interview with Alan Grant. Uh, you know, he used to actually host these interviews back when he was AALN1, but now he's just Alan Grant, so he's in the hot seat. He's rubbed in just was, as much writing as he did before. This was awesome. Totally, yeah. He uh, he talks about his pre-2000 AD work and like, romance comics and stuff. He talks a lot about his inspiration and writing style for both Black Hawk and Strontium Dog. And he uh, keeps kayfabe about, about uh, John Wagner and T.B. Grover being different people, which I, I appreciate as well. <laughs> Um, he talks about his interests, and I think that's pretty cool. I think it's, once again, we, we, we've seen this a couple times, it's really interesting to see uh, people talk about Star Wars as just kind of mindless escapism, I guess. Just because if you talk to, I, th- I think if you talk to like you know a, a comic book writer that's sort of of the same age as Alan Grant is in this, they'd list Star Wars as one of their key influences. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I when he... Uh, so he sort of suggests that yeah star wars is this kind of vapid thing and his response to like here's what's good um like metropolis is a fucking amazing movie and it's a really great book Mm -hmm. and like there are incarnations of metropolis that are also really good and i i get it 
because he's like, you can still have this thing look really grandiose and beautiful, but like you can also have depth to a story. Where mm-hmm. I kind of diverge with him is like, hey, Hero's Journey is a good deal, I think. Yeah. Lighten up, buddy. Lighten up, everybody. Exactly. Enjoy what you're going to enjoy. Don't don't be a curmudgeonly anti-Star Wars guy. Or a pro-Star Wars asshole. Yeah, two, two pro-Star Wars is also a problem for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Star Wars, Fox, but not the Brady uh, type. Ah, I got it. it. Thrill 13, the last of the first ones. Pretty good. Uh, script robot Gary P. Rice, art robot Colin Wilson, letter robot Tom Frame. So, a strange alien craft enters Earth orbit. After being unsuccessfully nuked by the U.S. and Russia, it broadcasts a weird signal to the planet. They call but, them, by the way, they call them the Sov Blocks. Yeah, that's so just sort of, they don't want to name... Is this tie-in to... Nah, I doubt it's in-universe. I feel like this is just sort of a, uh, you know, it's in the future, and they don't want to say USSR specifically because they've gotten in trouble with that in the, in, well, in the past. The president is President Whitney. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that, sort of in not-too-distant future, I'd say. Yeah. Um... Action linguist Webster Dud- Dudley and his mustache punches his way into a government <laughs> facility. And right, says he's a linguist. He, and he can decode the signal. He and a couple of astronauts, including a sexy space babe, fly out to the ship where they uh, meet the few crew aboard uh, a trio of bug dudes. The bug dudes swiftly die from injuries as Dudley translates their language, the gist of which is space is full of different races. One of them, the Dianes, have recently started getting violent and just wiped out all these bug dudes, uh, the last survivors of which came to warn us that we're next. Oh, fuck me. Good future, Shaq. Hey, man, it's fine. You know, I love the action linguist, though. Like, they don't say he's anything else, just that he's in a, a language that's very, um, very what? Uh, da Vinci Code, you know? Yeah. <laughs> action oh. spots featuring a very specific kind of obscure scientist. <laughs> action linguist. I guess it's a combo of, um, it's a combo of action linguist like Da Vinci Code, and then Independence Day, which the literally the uh-huh. first half of Independence Day is this story, right? Yeah, kind of. Like Jeff Goldblum decrypting an alien um, co- an alien message that is, in fact, a countdown to invasion, you know? Yeah, you gotta think about it. Mm, inspiration. <laughs> Everybody's reading 2018. Hey, time to learn some stuff, and that's why we go to Thrill 14. Fact Files, The Volunteer, at Future Sports. Uh, hooray. <laughs> Just a couple text articles here. First off, there's a pair of Fact Files on Johnny Alpha and Judge Death. Sweet. I appreciate... Yeah, they're cool, man. And this is also where the uh, where the comic turns blue, I believe. <laughs> or maybe right after this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I appreciate that the Judge Death file includes the events of Judge Death Lives, which are probably coming out right as this annual went to print. Next up is there's a short story robo tale of uh, about Byron Z. Uh, Jimp, <laughs> a, a guy with a terrible physique and worse luck who dreams of becoming a spaceship pilot, but instead gets the crap beaten out of him by life every single day. Yeah. He loses his job, his mom throws out his space models, and he decides to sneak into the starport to steal a spaceship. But it turns out that all of that is just a test. <laughs> <laughs> to become a real spaceship pilot instead of the huge physical requirements that he was constantly getting rejected for you got to be like saying they have to be like six feet tall and in top physical condition 
Spaceship pilots are actually horrifying cyborgs, and that's all just p- public relations. So you you have to really <laughs> want it to become a spaceship pilot. Damn. Does Byron want it? Of course he does. Cut his legs off, buddy. He's ready to fly. <laughs> I'm ready to be, not just be a human anymore, I'm ready to be a spaceship. The flesh is weak. All is dust. Hail the new flesh. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> finally, there's a breakdown of all three 2080 future sports. I, right? Finally. <laughs> there's street football, aeroball, and Inferno. And Fox, before you rejoice, I want to say that there's several infor- Inferno rules left out in that section. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff about how the ball is frictionless and gets hotter as play progresses. Oh, yeah, and Inferno. How the arena's covered in burning hot coals and stuff. This is ridiculous. <laughs> These are important pieces of information. So now we get to the dangerous part of this review, Fox, where I realized that I called both this section and the next section Thrill 14, and so my numbering might be off from here on out. <laughs> I accept our predicament um, with let's, my head let's see. Let's see how this goes. Uh, <laughs> thrill 15, Judge Dredd. We're back to an oldie goldie. Yeah, this is from Prague 5 of Judge Dredd. I think still episode 1. Yeah, what up, Ascara? Yeah, it's got the yeah uh, script robot uh, Malcolm Shaw, art robot Carlos Ascara, letting robot S. Richardson. Um, it's the first appearance of Dredd's uh, landlady Maria, who wi- Willa remember is an insulting uh, Italian and a stereotype. <laughs> Eat the minestrone soup. Hey, you um, don't have no girl. You need a wife. There's also a virtual reality salesman named Kevin O'Neill, which is kind of funny. I guess in the future, <laughs> there's no more money drawn comic books, and he already missed too many Nemesis deadlines, so now he's got to sell VR um, <laughs> sets. That's great. <laughs> Oh, buddy. He, he was Kev O'Neill in the first one, too. I think it was just like, a, you know, like the copy boy at that point, basically. Oh, man, maybe. He was, like, he was gearing up to, like, start drawing Bonjo from Beyond the Stars, you know? <laughs> um, oh, God, not Bonjo. I'm dropping bombs on this uh, in this annual one, dude. Okay. This is, this is rough, bro. <laughs> Anyhow. Of course it turns out that that O'Neill guy started out making action movie props and now he's stuck doing VR setups for houses. The VR props included a giant robot gorilla, which he's now having attacked the city. Only Dredd can stop it by driving his bike right into the monkey's face. (laughs) And explodes. Or ape's face, I suppose. Yeah. Also, once destroyed, the ape falls on top of O'Neill, killing him too. So, hey, all's well that ends well. (laughs) Another case solved by classic Dredd. Yep. Uh, I didn't actually murder him. I stopped the threat. I'll do paperwork later. What's the form for crushed by giant gorilla? Oh, I hope that they have it. (laughs) Anyhow, now, thrill 16, Tharg gets the call. Oh, God. This is the Tharg photo story like we saw, I think, in in the special, right? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, by God, we're getting our money's worth from that dark suit, buddy. You get out there. <laughs> that was like a hundred quid. I th- from what I recall in Steve McManus's book, they actually had to like um, file for permission to get this uh, story done. 
What? Because because after being called Garth in a, in a newspaper article, Thar gets a call and teleports to actual Ten Downing Street <laughs> to once again meet with Thatcher. Down, you know, t- Ten Downing Street that or or number ten. That's like uh like the Capitol building. It's like the center of British government. Yeah, with like a bobby and stuff out front. So like literally, they had to like put it in a request to like do a photo shoot using the door and stuff. <laughs> For their silly, for their silly uh, space editor for a child's comic book, <laughs> and they got a lot of people looking at him real weird. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's fine. Um, I guess it makes sense for Tharg to be a Tory, but it still kind of makes me unhappy. Uh, Tharg refuses an offer to become the leader of Earth, and instead walks <laughs> off into the sunset back to the office. Most Zarjaz. Damn. Yeah, you're so cool, Tharg. Real great. He'll let you know let's, how cool he is, for sure. Yeah, let's just hear another story about how cool he is. <laughs> Always. So, hey, but speaking of cool stories, Thrill 17, Flesh. Yeah, script robot Ken Armstrong's Are You Right? Art robot Boy and Roman Sola, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Time to get an intimate announcement to one of our favorite things in the whole world, the Flesh Dozer. <laughs> Ultra Memories, dude. Yeah, the first part features the Flesh Dozers of Trans Time HQ, which kill and package both dinos and the occasional cowboy for transmission to the future it, for meat purposes. It just looks like a terrifying creature. Totally. We also see one of my favorite Flesh things, which is a bunch of brontosauruses with sharp, angry teeth. <laughs> A, uh, a pterodon attack gives us a cliffhanger for in between the two episodes. Oh, great. And then we see Reagan's first showdown with the hag T-Rex and the instant where he puts out her eye with a cattle prog. Oh, so awesome. And then she rises. Mm-hmm. The truest and most amazing female character to ever grace the pages. <laughs> Revenge is sworn. We, it's funny, Fox, because I was listening over to our coverage in um, in the collection, and we kind of skipped over this part a little bit. Uh, yep. We didn't sort of call out Old One-Eye actually ha- becoming Old One-Eye, basically. That's pretty fair. It so, was just like this thing where she just wouldn't get put down. It's hard to remember that it's such a big deal as time goes by, but I am yeah. really glad we get a chance to specifically call it out this time. Fuck yeah, man. God, um, I love the reprints. Totally, man. And also, I just want to say that's a very real reading of Flesh Book One as Old, old One-Eye being the protagonist and dealing with getting revenge against these evil invaders from beyond time. Dude. Especially because the end of the story is about Old One-Eye, not about yeah. Earl, Earl Reagan. You know, he goes to jail. Exactly. The epilogue is about her. Yep. And she's amazing. Definitely first, definitely strongest female character of the 1970s in... <laughs> 2018 it's so damn true and she's god she's just one of my favorite just a ceaseless murder machine but like she also is like a leader of her people man she leads that all those tribes of different dinosaurs against the trans time and stuff who is she but a prehistoric bodicea totally i mean she like she like uh gives you know she's got like a family line that she like preserves and stuff like she's go also you know she's still very maternal despite being a prehistoric murder machine you know i, just I mean she'll of... eat one of her kids well i mean if he steps to her dude you know <laughs> this is a matriarchy buddy you gotta be careful you know damn <laughs> god i love old one eye dude so flesh. good I miss mm. Wes. Def- definitely. I mean, and honestly, the fact that all of uh, 
old one-eyes kids in future things have all been like sons and grandsons is a real bummer to me you know we need yeah. more we need more representation of female dinosaurs where where yeah where are she dinosaurs seriously clearly yeah. the strong <laughs> no come on okay here we go thrill 18 fact file and meet the droids Ah, uh, yeah first there's a fact file on wolfie smith whatever wolfie smith <laughs> Bro, you're a creeper. He's your older brother's friend that everybody thinks is cool, but is actually a jerk. I don't even have an older brother, and I know that. <laughs> Spot on. Just next, next up, there's a rundown of most of the creative droid we've, droids we've seen so far, including the late lamented AALN1, Bert, and the McMahon, Balland, and Howard Botts. Hooray! It's nice. Ballin. Ballin's got cool hair. Man, that guy is like... He's like a big, like a 70s hippie. You know, you got to stick mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, yeah. And he, now we go to, oh, speaking of uh, trendy hairstyles, we go to Drill 19, Strontium Dog. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, it's an old one that no. we didn't get to see. Yeah, it's definitely like a weird setup because whatever. But script robot Gary P. Rice, art robot Steve Kite, letting robot team frame to Tom, Tom Frame, does it say that that's from the vaults in this one? I forget. Uh, I didn't see anything about it, but it's, like it's definitely. I certainly blue. don't feel like I've read, read it. No, know? no, this one I think is it's either a new Strontium Dog story or maybe it's from Star Lord, but but I think it's new. Um, okay, it's a bummer because it's a non-scare Strontium Dog, which I'm of course against. Yeah, um, big time. He looks like j- a weird ape. Mm-hmm. Johnny and Wolf land on an alien planet and find that even aliens don't like Strontium Dogs. <laughs> they get in a huge brawl, and Wolf is bit by a crazy alien snake. Oh, damn. What are He's we going to do of... except send him to the hospital, I guess? Hey, man, like you've been, got alien snake poison in your veins. you got to be <laughs> careful. That means I've got to party up with this space babe. That's right. Yeah, he's out of commission, so Johnny Alpha goes to the sheriff's office. And uh, to take the case that they've been brought to do, to do a bank robber with an unknown accomplice that's too tough and well-hidden for local law to find. Johnny takes the case. He teams up with a sexy lady deputy. Uh, they immediately find an informant, a um, Omed, the shape-changing thief. Which, you know, he's totally reformed, man. Uh, yeah, I'm cool. helping you. <laughs> uh, after some brief extortion, Omed tells the two that the bank robber, Kroll, is hiding among the G-Men, a.k.a. the Gill-Men. <laughs> Which are... In a, in a big dome undersea metropolis underwater. Pretty cool. And yeah. they also don't like Strontium Dogs. <laughs> Johnny and uh, the lady, Deputy Tarlin, give chase eventually finding Crawl in the outside countryside. After a brief gunfight, Crawl is killed by Tarlin, who reveals herself to be the unknown accomplice. Oh, snap. Yeah, she killed Crawl, and now she's going to kill Johnny Alpha to cover her tracks. So Luckily, Johnny used his eyes. Yeah, as she monologues, Johnny's able to hit Crawl's fallen weapon with alpha rays, which causes it to explode. Uh, snap, and now she's dead. Yeah, Johnny gets the bounty and chills with Wolf in the hospital. You know, she, that Tarlin lady was nice, but spending too much time with her would have been the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, man. So dumb. Mm-hmm. All right, through 19... Or, oh, my God, I did it. <laughs> nice. I did it wrong. Thrill 20, could you replace Mighty Tharg? Prog power, 
and answers. <laughs> First off, there's a large-scale 2080 quiz, a mix of straight questions and multiple choice, about both general sci-fi and 2080 trivia, and then a day in the life of Tharg. It's fun stuff. I took it. I got a 90 because I'm awesome. <laughs> Next up... Um, there's a collection of sweet 2080 covers, including a couple of the double-sized one. Uh, these were fine, but it would have been cool if, 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 if this was a color page instead of a black and white one, I gotta say. Yeah. And everything then we else get all, is blue. Yeah, no, they, you know, well, like, previous annuals midway through have sort of gotten like, yeah. one color, right? They've been red in the past and stuff. This one's blue, though it does feature some colored red stuff and things like that. Yeah. Um, then we get all the answers for the various puzzles and quizzes. Remember, kids, when you cheat on a magazine puzzle, you're only cheating yourself. Great. <laughs> Finally, Artie Gruber shows up one more time to encourage us to call get regular subscriptions to 2000 AD featuring Judge Dredd. <laughs> and that's the annual, buddy. Oh my god, we've made it through the wilderness somehow. Oh yeah. Uh, so the important question remains, Fox. What were your top and bottom thrills for this the 1982-2080 annual. So, my top mm. is, is Flesh. Nice! I love Flesh. Classic I Flesh coming just, out on top. Yeah, dude, I like revisiting it. Uh, specifically, it's like the second one mm-hmm. is one that I really like. Um, you establish Old One-Eye as a character, but you also get introduced to, like, God, the Flesh dozers are just so horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get both both old one eyes heroics and just the depth of depravity of what trans time is up to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's also where it all ends. Basically, is a trans time base. Yep, where it all begins. So full loop, man. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, for bottom, uh, the video game. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I like. I'm sorry. It's just a big fucking ad, and it's not. Uh, it's not good. Uh, it just mm-hmm. doesn't say anything worthwhile. It doesn't like excite you about like I don't know video games in general. It's just like a barf of information. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just want to say that before the uh, before the show, uh, Fox asked me to guess what his top and bottom uh, thrills were, and I successfully guessed that uh, TV games would be his bottom thrill. So I'm because feeling pretty is, good because this is evil. It's <laughs> just Atari <laughs> buying like ad space. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't fucking read it. What are you kidding? All the all the pictures are from Atari. All the That's fucking fair. no. It, I just ah, think that gosh. I think that that some of the stuff is interesting, and I think it's an interesting time capsule to this time oh, sure. before there were real video games and stuff. I'm sort of looking at it, you know, as a historical artifact, you know. So even if it is an ad, I think it still has some value. I guess. Sure. I just will also hate it. <laughs> fair. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> so Conrad, mm. how about your tops and your bottoms? Oh man. Uh, bottom thrill, I'm gonna say it's the Blackhawk story. I didn't care for that Blackhawk story that much. That's because it's horrible. It had the crab dude, and I like references to the crab dude, but honestly, I would have really loved, like, a, like, this story as a comic. You know, especially if you're gonna have Blackhawk on the cover. Because I saw Blackhawk on the cover, and I got excited. I was like, oh, man. Like, I like, you know, I I like Blackhawk theoretically. I'd love to see... (laughs) Um, him back in there, visit my old buddies uh, Zog and Ursa and stuff. Yeah, you know, just do some fooling around, drink, have a Mac Mac reference, and get the heck oh, out of there. Yeah, but instead, it's just another one of these lame tech stories, and it's like, oh, that's a bummer, you know. That's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, 
Yeah. Top. Mm, there's a couple decent ones. Um, I'm going to say Judge Dredd. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real the, good uh, The story, awesome. yeah, with the alien zoo and stuff. I like all those aliens, you know. It's a, uh, you don't see Brian Ballin do a lot, actually, of sort of uh, weird animal stuff. You know, he does more people and mm. things, as yeah. opposed to maybe McMahon, who might do more crazy animals, or even Ron Smith might do them, too, you know? Mm, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, obviously Ballin does Judge Death, but Judge Death is different than a uh, crazy... Well, it's a humanoid, right? Like... Yeah. It's crazy than, it, or it's different than, than like a crazy dip, Diplodocus with a duck bill or something. So I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like there was some intense uh, detail to like bulky bodies. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. It was really so good. I, yeah, I said that was yeah that was a good one. So okay. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner two thousand on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com or on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter or at spacebinner2k. For everything else, just look up spacebinner2000 and we should be there. <sighs> Come back next time, Fox, as we finish out 1981 with exciting action. It's Christmas time, so besides a couple Santa-based adventures, uh, Ace Trucking Company will deal with hijackers after they escape from the black hole. <laughs> Book one of Nemesis the Warlock will conclude. Rogue Trooper gets caught in the snow. Matt Talon gets his revenge, part two. And we'll learn the true threat behind Blockmania. Oh, goddamn snap. Until next time, I'm Connor Evans Fox, and we are Space Spin 2000. Spun Dig for Dig!